Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 60. Psalm 60 is a psalm written by David and the superscript of the psalm says it was written at a time when he was striving with the Syrian kings in the northern part of Israel and when Joab on his return struck down 12,000 of Edom in the Valley of Salt. The portion of this psalm is reflected in 2 Samuel chapter 8 as well as 2 Samuel chapter 10. And it's a historical psalm in the sense this is based on historical events that actually happened in Israel at that point of time. And we see that this happened at a time when David was up north fighting Syrians who had attacked. And Edomites had attacked Israel from the south and was doing a lot of damage to the nation. And it was almost like the nation is being torn apart at the point of it being attacked by two hostile enemies. And we see that David dispatched Joab as part of the army and Joab and Abishai defeated Edom in the Valley of Salt. Now, the psalm seems to be written before the battle. It is a song before the battle which shows a deep trust and dependence on God. And we see that immediately as soon as he received the news of the intrusion by Edom and the invasion by Edom, uh, David is writing this psalm showing a spirit of trust and confidence that the Lord is ultimately going to give Israel the victory. Dearly beloved, this psalm is neatly divided into three sections. The first section is Psalm 60 verses 1 to 5 which focuses on the brokenness of Israel. And verses 6 to 8 talks about the promises of faith that God is going to give to David. And verses 9 to 12 talks about the victory and strength that ultimately Israel is going to receive from the Lord. So let us meditate on the word of God. Let us look at this psalm and let the message of the psalm speak into our hearts. Now, the first part of the psalm is Psalm 60 verses 1 to 5. And there the Lord wants us to focus on the brokenness that Israel was facing. The psalm reads like this. O God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses, you have been angry. Oh, restore us. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches for it totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. This talks about the state of Israel where they felt abandoned by God. They have been rejected by God or so they felt at the point of being attacked by the enemies. Dearly beloved, when we also face our daily life situations and when we also face uh, the oppression and attack of the enemy, very often we feel, we go through a phase where we feel that God has abandoned us. Here, the initial victory of Edom shook the nation of Israel. It is almost like the nation was being split into two because of the attacks on both the north as well as the south. And David even had to divide his army and send one half of the army to one place and the other half of the army to the other place. It is a very difficult thing. And the enemy is always opportunistic in the sense when it knows that a nation is going through either civil war or a particular war on a particular front, then the other enemy nations will chance its attack and try to divide the nation. And they were going through this kind of a, a period when David was feeling quite low in his heart. But remember... Although David interpreted Israel's defeat and uh, op uh, the oppression that they were having right now as a sign that God had rejected his people, he was a man of faith. The truth is, he knew that God was angry with them probably, but he did not give up on the nation, he did not give up on God, but rather verses 4 and 5 talks about the deep trust that David had on the God of Israel. 
He says here, you have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow, that your beloved ones may be delivered, give salvation by your right hand and answer us. This is a prayer that he makes before the Lord. It's not just a prayer, it's also a faith affirmation that he makes before the Lord God. What does it mean here? He says here, I am going to rally the people of Israel around the banner. What is the banner? Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. Israel's God is the victorious God who is the banner under whom all of Israel will come together. Because the battle indeed belongs to the Lord. Here it says, you have set up a banner for those who fear you that they may flee to it from the bow. When there is an attack that the nation of Israel is facing, the entire nation rallies under the banner of the Lord Jehovah. So that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us. David makes his heart cry before the Lord. He says, Lord, you are the covenant keeping God. You are the faithful God. We are your beloved people. We are your children. We are Israel is God's own people. And because of that covenantal nature of the relationship that Israel had with God, David is running to God and he is claiming those covenant promises of God which says, Surely the deliverance belongs to God and Israel shall be delivered by the strong and mighty hand of God. After going through this portion of the psalm where he talks about the brokenness of the nation of Israel as well as a strong faith affirmation in the nature of God who will keep them, the verses 6 to 8 is almost like God is speaking those verses. Now we see that David received these verses in some prophetic moment. Either it was revealed to him by one of the prophets or it was revealed to him by one of the high priests or it was revealed to him personally by God. In either case, the message that comes here is a message that God is speaking forth to Israel. It is a promise that God is giving. It is a, it's a word of God that prompts a lot of faith in him. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God says like this, verses 6 to 8, God has spoken in his holiness. With exultation, I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my wash basin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Now what does God mean by all these statements that he is making here. This message essentially describes Jehovah as a warrior who initially defeated the nations in Canaan and divided the land of Canaan among his people. You remember, God was the one who ultimately drove out the Canaanites and he is, if God took the land from the nations around uh, the land of Israel, from the Canaanite nations and gave it into the hands of Israel, the responsibility of keeping the land with Israel also belongs to God. And the Lord promises that he is going to establish this. Here we read that God says, I will divide Shechem and portion out the valley of Sukkoth. All these are portions within the realm of Israel that the Lord himself has divided and appointed to the nation of Israel to be governed by he himself. And then he says here about the rest of the places, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet and Judah is my scepter. God says, Gilead is mine. Both the nations of the, the tribes of Ephraim as well as Manasseh are claimed by the Lord himself. You are my favored possession. That's the message that the Lord wants to convey to the entire nation of Israel. And we see here that Ephraim was a strong tribe and it was called to defend Israel. That's why he calls it my helmet. 
Judah was chosen to be the royal tribe that is bearing the scepter. You see, God is giving his precious promises, underlying those precious promises again to the nation of Israel saying that you guys, you are mine. I am not going to easily give you off into the hands of your enemy. And that is the promise that God wants each of us to understand. And yet, there are complementary functions that are seen here. The name Gilead is always associated with healing. It is associated with that work of God. Manasseh is associated with the, uh, the tribe of Manasseh that was a beloved. And Ephraim was a strong tribe that was called to defend Israel. The functions of all these tribes are different. And yet the Lord says, all of them belong to me. But what does he say about the enemy nations? He says, Moab is my wash basin. Upon Edom I cast my shoe. Over Philistia I shout in triumph. In both Edom as well as Moab were nations that were known for their arrogance. They were proud nations. And they were constantly attacking the nation of Israel. In some ways their histories were intermingled and they were related even to the origin of the nation of Israel. And yet they were the enemies. But in God's eyes Moab was nothing but a wash basin. It's a basin that is used for washing dirty feet. And Edom was a place, it's like a junkyard or over which one would cast away an old shoe. That was the position that these other nations had in the eyes of God. Whereas Israel was the chosen possession of God. And Philistia is a nation which is a traditional enemy of Israel. And God says, God will raise the shout of victory over that nation. Now, these were very strong words of encouragement that were given to David at the point that he was going to send forth his people into the battle. David claimed these promises by faith and sent the armies forward to fight Moab as well as Edom. And we see that there was a great victory that resulted. Now, when we are engaged in multiple battles in our life, it is not easy. But ultimately, it is the Lord who gives the victory. Verses 9 to 12 talks about the mechanism by which the victory comes to the nation of Israel. David says, verse 9 to 12, Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our force. Now, in writing this portion of the psalm, David makes it very clear that he is still having doubts in his heart, but he is still he's making his faith affirmation that because of God who helps us, we shall do valiantly. Firstly, he says, who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? The answer for that question comes in verse 12 where he says, With God we shall do valiantly. Dearly beloved, David is not going to take the setback that he faced as the end of the battle. It is not the end. It is not the complete end of his future life for Israel. He is going to once again rally his troops around. He is going to once again recover and he is going to make that attack. And before that he wants that final confirmation from God that he is going to be there with him. He says, have you not rejected us? You do not go forth, O God, with our enemies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. 
David comes to the end of himself. He says, it is not because of me or my capable officers or my valiant soldiers that I am going to have this victory. David says, I am going to have this victory only because of the Lord. He trusted fully in the Lord and the Lord honored his faith. And the enemy would eventually be completely defeated and trampled into the dirt and Israel would actually triumph and be victorious purely because the Lord is the banner that gave them the victory. Ultimately, we know that the victory belongs to the Lord. The Calvary cross is the place where we see the height of victory that is reflected in the New Testament. And because of that, we also have the potential, have the ability to be victors because the Lord has shown us the way. The Lord has enabled us and empowered us. Dearly beloved, let us also say along with David, for with God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our enemies. Victory and strength comes from the hand of God alone. We ourselves cannot attain anything. As David says, for vain is the salvation of man. We sometimes look to others for help and for salvation and for deliverance. But the truth is, until we look to God, from whom all grace and mercy flows, we will never be able to have that complete victory in our life. May the Lord help us through the meditation of these scriptures.